0: This is Channel Attitude, your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Now, Mike, you blew me away with a little, little, uh, you dropped a little line in one of your emails to me as far as the song selection. Yeah. I've Now, this I've never, ever heard before, man. So this I, I can't wait to hear from you.
1: Yeah, so what happened was um, I've always found the song sequencing on the album to be uh, a little odd in the sense that it appeared to me like they were telling a story. So if we go back to the paste over cover here,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we could see Paul is sitting in a trunk. Mm -hmm. So this is a clue. Paul is dead. So think of the trunk as like a coffin. Okay, and and as we just mentioned, everybody has this kind of demure, demure, unhappy look on their face, right? And it's the Beatles' yesterday, in the past, and today, today, and and moving forward. So, if we take a look at the songs, right? Let's just read them off. So, at this point, I have uh, contended that Billy, the person playing Paul McCartney, he just did not appear in September of 1966 to take on the role of Paul McCarty. I believe that Billy has been in the inner circle of the Beatles, uh, possibly as a ghostwriter, possibly as a session musician on their recorded tracks, going back to
0: 1962. Well, yeah, because see, that's the thing that I was a little confused of, Mike, because this photo session they are saying was... um, march march of nineteen sixty six yeah so if if the replacement would have come in september of sixty six yeah then this th- when you're if you're just going by the dates this album should have nothing to do with billy right what right. what do you what, what's your thoughts on that
1: No, uh, i i billy i believe billy's been there for since sixty two i believe as early as nineteen sixty two i I believe, based upon the research, well, let me just give you an example of, a good example of why I believe Billy was there before 1966. A number of years ago, going back about four or five years ago, I think it was, and it's in my big presentation, going back to April of 2020, did the Beatles write all their own music?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Billy, he was quoted as saying that he wrote the music to In My Life, the Beatles song In My Life, Mm -hmm. which has always been, Credited to John Lennon. It was a John Lennon song.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, In My Life was released in 1965. So the question becomes, okay, so most people look at it this way. Paul McCartney is saying he wrote the music to In My Life and, and John was more, his thing was the lyrics to the song. So what happened was when Billy came out and said he wrote the music to In My Life, the press the mainstream press went into damage control. So what happened was there was two universities, I forgot who they were, um, that were given the task to run a computer model to determine who was the actual songwriter for in my life. And the computer model came back and said, nope, Paul McCartney, or Billy, misremembered. Mm. John Lennon wrote that song, right? Now, here's the thing. Folks, as a songwriter myself, you never forget a song that you wrote, especially when it is a classic. And in my in my life is a Beatles song that whenever it is a a classic rock poll by Rolling Stone magazine or Billboard magazine, it always, always ends up in the upper tier of mm-hmm. the ranking, the top one hundred or whatever top fifty. It's always in the top ten.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you just don't forget writing a song. Oh, like that. God. So, no. so, he didn't misremember. So, what yeah. he was doing was he was dropping a clue. He was saying that, hey, I was there back in 1965. Wow. And I wrote the music too in my life. It's no different than uh, George Martin saying that he wrote the guitar lead for Michelle. It's mm-hmm. an interview of him saying that that's his composition a lot of people believe that Paul McCartney wrote that entire song and you know George Harrison maybe wrote the the guitar lines or the the leads to the songs and you know and George Martin in an interview going back many years ago turns around and says no nope, that was me <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: okay so the point i'm trying to make is all of this stuff about the beatles writing all their own stuff and all that i mean you know it's the main is dropping clues to let you know that the official narrative has some holes and some gaps in it. So in any case, going back to Billy and in my life, there you go. He's telling us, Hey, you know, back in 1965 when the song was released, you know, really what he was saying is the musical, the instrumental aspects of the song that was his composition. He wrote it. So I believe yeah, he goes back to 62. So when we take a look at the, uh, the Beatles yesterday and today album, what what that album is telling us, in my opinion, is that it's setting the stage. it's it's kind of a um, you know, a prequel to what's going to happen. Now, did Paul McCartney know that that his runway was really short at this point in time? no, i don't I don't think he knew. But the album cover itself, I, I think, is telling us, so if we take a look at the songs yesterday, Uh, The whole song yesterday is like his eulogy. Um, Then it goes to Dr. Robert. So now we're getting into Dr. Robert. We're getting into drugs, the Mm -hmm. drug culture. Um, So that's being introduced. And when we think about it, Billy was responsible for the Beatles making the switch from the boy band from the 1962 to 66 period to the psychedelic period. Right. Right. So it's kind of table setting for Billy and the psychedelic, Era of Sergeant Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm only sleeping. <laughs> okay, if, if you're not here anymore and you have passed away, you are sleeping. Mm-hmm. And your bird can sing. You know the lyrics to "And Your Bird Can Sing" are very interesting. It, it talks about so you think you have everything, and so it, it, the way I interpreted the song with regard to the Paul is dead conspiracy is that Billy's stepping in. And it's almost like, hey, be careful what you wish for, because this is going to be a rough road,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Also, the the Beatles, this was mentioned in another interview I did um, with uh, Charles Moskowitz going back about three or four weeks ago. Um, the Beatles have a number of songs with the word bird in it. Mm-hmm. And so when you take a look at Alistair Crowley and you look at the OTO, that's his, his, uh, his esoteric secret society that he, he ran Um, the, it's called the layman and the layman has symbols on it. And, and it has at the top, it's the all seeing eye, the Egyptian all seeing eye, the eye of Horus, the eye of Ra. Then it's got a dove. And then below it, there's like a chalice and it's uh, the, the rose and the cross, which I'm thinking goes back to the Rosicrucians. But, what I was most focused on was the, the dove, the bird in the middle. And so I thought to myself, well, and your bird can sink. could have two meanings. One is that hey, be careful of what you ask for. And the second thing could be that his, t- his ties back to Crowley,
0: mm-hmm.
1: back to uh, Crowley's religion of Thelema and his, his uh, society of um, the OTO. Okay. So I know that's a bit of a long winded explanation, but, that's why I think it's possible that Your Bird Can Sing was placed on the album. Oh, by the way, we're told in the official narrative that the guitar leads in that song, which is a double guitar lead, mm-hmm. that that was just whipped up in the studio and played by George Harrison and Paul McCartney. Okay. So that, that's another very far-fetched story because yeah. that, is not, that is not an easy guitar riff to play. And it's mm-hmm. being played in unison, whether they're playing together or even if it's being double tracked, done by one person, tracked, and a second person comes in, tracks over it. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, trust me, I that wasn't Paul McCartney and George Harrison whipping that up in the studio on the spot. Yeah. That just didn't happen. We can work it out. Life is very short, mm-hmm. so here is another is a, another song which is telling us that there's you know there's challenges and difficulties day tripper one way ticket yeah okay one way ticket so one way ticket paul out one way ticket billy in nowhere man so you know talking about the nowhere man um billy comes into the into the picture and uh he's got to figure out a way to assimilate into this band really coming from if you look at it coming from nowhere because nobody knows publicly who he was
0: right right
1: right so that what goes on i mean it's really self-explanatory what goes on is what's going on here drive my car well paul was you know the the uh, conspiracy the prevailing conspiracy says that he was killed in a car crash if i needed someone Billy needs the Beatles. So we have this symbiotic relationship now that has to come together in order for the band to continue. And then all he needs to do is act naturally. Act naturally. Okay. I, I just, you know, wow. whenever I looked at the sequencing of the songs, Vince, I just thought it's, it's telling a story.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: again, folks, I'm just giving you my interpretation. Others will have a different opinion, but, um, you know. This album is a very important album, in my view, uh, as it pertains to the Fuller's uh, the Dead Conspiracy. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike where, do you, where do you want to go next? Well, what I was going to do, Vince, was uh, I was going to go, go through some of the other early albums to show you some of the, the occultism around. Just, please. just go through it real quick.
0: Please? Okay? No, please do. Please do.
1: Okay, so the other thing I want to mention about the the butcher cover because some folks may be asking, well, what does it mean? So I had a comment uh come in. I have a lot of very astute subscribers, uh, a lot do. of folks very knowledgeable in the occult, oh. and uh one person wrote that the Masonic connection and ritual connected to the impending death of Paul are transparent. obviously, the butcher cover shows a severed baby's head in paul's lap, so Paul was. The conspiracy says that Paul was decapitated in a car crash. Yeah. So there, there's the there's the severed baby's head.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. He's also showing a wristwatch. And the wristwatch, Paul's holding it, Vince has it there, over the baby's head. So this is a reference to time and death. Also, Kronos, Saturn, or Satan. All right, so this goes back to Luciferianism. And then this this person goes on to say, well, and,
0: and you know, it's, it's interesting because let, let, let's, let's be honest, Mike, when we look at that, first of all, this is the only, this is the only watch visible. And this right. is, this is dead center, right? I, I mean, this is dead center, pull up the sleeve and show the watch. Right. And the baby's head sitting
1: in his lap. It's exactly. right. There. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. So this person goes on to say that Paul was probably uh, unaware of all this, but no wonder he was having bad dreams, nightmares. So then I had a note that I made to myself, and um, because when I looked into uh, the butcher cover and I was taking a look at dismembered body parts, uh, dismembered body parts can represent mind control or being transformed into a different kind of being. This is kind of strange. So it um, transformed into a different kind of being, at least partially, to other than human person or spirit. So this would be the connection to the departed biological Paul McCartney and Billy still in the physical realm. And if, and when you read memoirs, Billy talks about this this spiritual connection that he has with Paul, that in essence his physical existence possesses two spirits, that of Paul McCartney and that of himself. And actually, Billy depicts this on the album uh, cover of his McCartney 2 album, where he has his face center, and then there's two shadows, one yeah. to his left and one to his right. Mm-hmm. And I know, folks, that this is very, very, very esoteric and probably very weird for a lot of people. And it was very esoteric and very weird for me as well You know, before I got into this stuff. And, and as I started digging into it, they were able to kind of bring the pieces of the puzzle together. The other problem with this cover, and I'm going to put this out there, is that baby parts are um, associated with ritual abuse. Okay, so uh, trauma-based mind control programs and ritual abuse. So is that what they're also putting out there depicting? I don't know. It could be. We talked about the bird cages. Well, a bird cage is Illuminati symbolism for mind control, to be a mind control slave. And we have images of Paul and George specifically with bird cages on their heads. Mm -hmm. This is not hard to find. All you need to do is do a research, uh, do a search in Google. And I have uh, other images of John with his head next to a bird cage, and he's in a Superman shirt. And the Superman shirt goes back to the concept of becoming a god. Crowley saying every man and woman is a star. There is no god other than man. So the Superman shirt represents uh, it, it, it's, it's referred to in German as the Ubermensch, the superhuman. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what's being depicted there. So what they're doing is they are they are communicating out, and many times who they're communicating to is not the masses because they consider us profane. They they know ninety nine point nine percent of the population is not going to understand anything that they. But many times they're communicating with any e- uh, between each other mm-hmm. within the secret societies. This esoteric communication goes on. Okay, so Butcher cover. Like I said, very disturbing. Um, the Beatles' first album, which seems very you know very straightforward, very innocuous, but the thing is, the Beatles are looking down at us. So what what's being depicted here, as an example, the Beatles. The numerology for the Beatles is the number 10. So in numerology, the number 10 represents new beginnings. So what's being depicted here is the Beatles are going to change things. There's going to be a transformative process that's going to take place. There's going to be social engineering and, and uh, um, uh, social scientists are going to reshape the society and the culture. This was photo was taken at the EMI building. EMI has numerology of nine, just like number nine on the White Album.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The number nine is all around the Beatles. Number nine refers to endings, changes, transformation. So they're, they're have, they have the picture taken at the EMI building, the number nine, endings, and then the Beatles at the top of the album cover in yellow with numerology of 10. So we're leaving the old and we're coming in with the new. And the Beatles are looking down. And we can see if we go um, up, right? It's 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 going up. This is this is in reference to illumination and enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So hey, follow us up to illumination and enlightenment. And in fact, um, in my 2020 uh, presentation, did the Beatles write all the wrong music? There was a clip I had from Derek Taylor, who was their press secretary, and. Derek was on a talk show, and he was talking about wanting to be in the light, being illuminated, and that's why he was connected into the Beatles. So the Beatles are all about illumination and enlightenment. But it's a Luciferian take on enlightenment and illumination. And just so folks know, because a lot of times people think that I'm coming at this from a Christian perspective. I'm not Christian. Um, I was born and raised a Catholic. I spent some time in uh, Christian church many many years ago but i'm a long time deist okay so i just want to put that out there because i don't want people to to misinterpret that you know that i'm on one side or the other side i'm just researching and reporting okay then we have the beatles second album which was released oh by the way um please please me was released on march 22 of 1963 322 is the skull and bones number from yale university okay so we have that occultism uh That occult aspect, I should say, of the album as well. Then, with the Beatles, uh, and I'm going through their UK albums because these are their official releases, not the mm-hmm. Capitol. capital wasn't wasn't their official releases; it was the UK releases off the Parlophone uh, label, at, which is part of EMI. So here we have the shadow effect. We have one-eyed symbolism. on um, with the Beatles, with the Beatles in the UK was released. On March 22nd, 1963, it's the same day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. March 22nd, 11 when you add those numbers together, is 33. 33 is representative of the 33 degrees of the Scottish of Freemasonry. Now, what the Beatles did, what EMI did, was uh, to not release this album... In the US on March, excuse me, on November 22nd. They waited, I think, until January of 63 to release the US version, which was Meet the Beatles. This is mm-hmm. with the Beatles. Mm-hmm. The reason given in the book as to why they did that was not because they were showing respect for John F. Kennedy. It was because they didn't want record sales to be harmed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Because right, they thought that, that that event would put a damper on the ability to sell. Uh, meet the Beatles in the US
0: Wow
1: a hard day's night okay so in a hard day's night what we have is again we have a lot of the shadow effects. It's black and white. the black and white is representative of duality, the light and the dark. And we can see there's a lot of one-eyed symbolism as well. We have this image here. this is John this is symbolic of the owl. he's doing the owl symbolism and the owl and Freemason and freemasonry is representative of wisdom enlightenment uh the owl can see through the dark mm-hmm. so the the owl is uh is rep- represents illumination this is an interesting cover because at first you're like what the heck is going on with this it's, it's so nondescript and this is the beatles for sale album cover this is their fourth album and um but when we take a look at the back we can see that it's it's autumn, it's fall. This is in reference to the Egyptian god Atum, who was the creator god in Egypt. All right, so the, the Beatles occultism, a lot of it, a lot of it goes back to the Egyptian mysteries, back to Egyptian mythology of Osiris, Isis, Horus, and Set. In fact, I'm convinced that the reason why the Beatles albums especially up through Revolver, had 14 tracks is because in Egyptian mythology, when Set kills his brother, Osiris, he chops him up into 14 pieces. Wow. Okay. and But Hard Day's Night has 13 tracks. And I also believe that is tied into the very same mythology because when Osiris is dismembered, his wife, Isis, puts them back together again. And when she does this, she's able to find 13 parts, not the 14th. Mm. So A Hard Day's Night has 13 songs on it, but all the others have 14. Okay. And, and, and also 14 can be derived seven plus seven or 77. That goes back to Crowley's book, 77. And Crowley's book, 77 talks about applying one's will so pursuing a true pure will so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, occultism like I said within the Beatles it has to do with uh, you know a lot of it has to do with numerology why are numbers important a lot of people say to me oh, I don't believe in the numbers and numbers are just nonsense stuff but in occultism numbers are important because occultists believe that numbers have a certain vibrational, uh, they have vibrational characteristics. And when you play into those vibrational states, you can actually manifest your goals and objectives. And this is why they're so keen on on numbers and astrology as well, because astrology is viewed as um, divination, being able to foretell, to look into the future. Mike when you look at when you look at and we we're going to get into
0: this because I I firmly believe this is alive and well today when you look at Tavistock yeah and you look at the occult is there a marriage there or are we talking about two totally separate different things
1: no it's it's one and the same it's one and the same in fact if if folks I recommend you read this book as a, a primer the tavistock and it's it's a book by daniel Estulin. and the book's been out about you know i don't know 14 15 years now social engineering the masses it's very clear that these these organizations like tavistock and when we talk about these organizations these are internationalists organizations these are this is the shadow government this is the deep state this is the the government behind the scenes The the government that you interact with or you think you're interacting with every day with presidents and prime ministers and senators and House of Representatives and stuff like that, that's a puppet show. Okay, the real power is behind the curtain and the real power are occultists. I tell my audience all the time that the controllers are occultists. And, And once you understand this, even if you have a basic understanding of some of the occult symbolism, you will see it over and over and over again. My wife and I were just talking about this this morning. It's pattern recognition. It's patterned everywhere. Mm-hmm. We saw it with the March 2020 event. I won't say it here because I don't want the, the video to be bounced off of YouTube. But it's the same thing there. There was all kinds of occultism and, and numerology built into that event. So it's, it's really... um they are intertwined, Vince. It, it, it's part of their their MO, occultism. So um, you really can't separate it out. You really can't. And another book that you folks could read is this one here, by Dr. John Coleman's The uh-huh. Committee of Three Hundred. Yeah. And Dr. Coleman gets into the Committee of Three Hundred. Tavistock reports into the committee, and he also gets into the the entire deep state organizational chart, the structure of who's plugged into who, you know? So it's, uh, uh, we'll talk more about Tavistock. Let me just run through these albums real quick. Then we have um, this here, the album cover, the help album cover. And, you know, we were told way back when that the Beatles were using semaphore signals and they were spelling out help. Well, that's, they're not doing that at all. In fact, those signals that they are displaying, don't even come close to the word help. What are these symbols? These are uh, Alistair Crowley ritual symbols. And it goes back to Egypt. And I covered this in one of my videos as well. But just suffice to say, without getting into all discussion on this, this album cover is extremely occulted. Rub a soul. Well, rubber soul—you can see that it's distorted. The the actual image of the Beatles themselves is slightly distorted. Rubber soul itself—it's actually what uh, what rubber soul. My interpretation of it is that it is the um, the manipulation of consciousness. It's the manipulation of your soul. Again, as I I talked earlier with the social engineering, these social scientists—they want to reshape your thoughts. They want to reshape your, your morals, your ethics, your beliefs, and take you down a completely different road. So you have a rubber soul, something that is something that is pliable, something that you can shape. Last but not least, so the Revolver album has got a lot of lot going on here. Okay, so I'm not going to focus on the front of the album cover. We'll let folks, you know, take a look at that. But Revolver itself is referring to Paul McCartney, biological Paul, revolving out. And Billy revolving in. But more importantly is the back cover. So we have the Beatles. They're all wearing sunglasses. It's very bright in that room. And what are they telling us? They're talking about, well, what they're depicting is illumination. Enlightenment. The light. The light bearer. Lucifer. And we can even see over John's head, they've got this, what appears to be a light and uh, again, a very interesting back cover. So whenever they were putting the covers together, we didn't give it much thought. I I didn't give it much thought. But as I got into this research and I started taking a look at what they were putting out, and I was able to uh, apply the occult uh, the occulted research that I was coming across and putting the pieces together on, I was able to, you know, start stitching things together. So, in any case, the reason why I wanted to take you through that is because uh, you and the audience, Vince, is because it's not just a butcher album,
0: right? No, not at all.
1: Not just a butcher album. Yeah. Okay. So, I what what else did you want to discuss? Well, Mike, here, 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 here's
0: there's so much I want to discuss with you, bro. But when when we go back to Tavistock, listen, guys go back to the four lads from liverpool there's footage there's recorder recordings we know the cavern we, you know bro they were a run of the mill boy band they were really not that good they were average at best now mike you do not know this but this is this is the connection that i make i got a friend in the wrestling business <clears throat> who is a wrestler, his name is Jeff Jarrett. Jeff lives in Henderson, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Okay. Jeff White, Jeff's wife passed away. Well, there was a unknown singer at the time that befriended Jeff's three little girls. Three little girls were left without a a mother. And this, this struggling, Star in Hendersonville, Tennessee, befriended these three girls, went to the girls' house, made cookies with them, spent time with them because their mother passed away, put them in one of her early music videos. That girl is now Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And I have said this a million times, and I'm going to go one step further after I hit Taylor Swift. Bro, there are a hundred Taylor Swifts out there. There are a hundred women that look like Taylor Swift, that write songs, that probably sing better than Taylor Swift. Hundreds upon hundreds, why Taylor Swift? And I got to tell you, Mike, I was blown away. I was blown away last weekend, man, because one of the latest crazes is a dude by the name of Bad Bunny. And mm-hmm. you, Brad, Bad Bunny, 25 billion followers on social media, this that, and the other thing. Mike, I know who Bad Bunny is, never listen to Bad Bunny music. So on this past week's SNL, Bad Bunny performed two songs. So I'm like, I've got to see this bad bunny craze. Meanwhile, the audience is going nuts, yelling, screaming the whole nine yards. This dude delivers two songs, Mike, and he absolutely sucks. Like, sucks, bro. Like, literally, if that, if one of his songs came on my car radio, I would go to another channel. But yet, this dude is larger than life and it's you know again you you try to explain to people bro <laughs> there are a billion bad bunnies out there there are a billion bad bunnies that that are better there are a billion beyond beyonces out there that are better why them? And 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 man, as I look at this now, and man, I'm, I'm no doubt in my mind it was before the Beatles. And maybe you can give me a little history with Tavistock and who did? Was it Sinatra? I, I mean, I don't know. But you know, there there there's a common thread here, bro. Especially when it comes to music. Pop culture, entertainment, getting to the youth. If you can control that and get your message across to me, it's a no brainer. It goes back to George Martin's comment when he first saw the Beatles. I right. was not that impressed, but what was he looking for? What was he looking for? He was looking for somebody to play the part. We, we can, I can work with them. Now, I mean, Mike, I swear, I'm going to get all these comments about how crazy I am. But somebody has to explain to me why the Beatles, why Taylor Swift, why bad bunny? Because there's no doubt in my mind. Even like I said, man, the, 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 the applause and the hooting and the hollering that bad bunny got. There's no question in my mind. They planted those people in the audience to do that. There is absolutely no question. Mike, am I nuts? Please tell my people I'm not nuts.
1: No, you're not nuts. You, you know, what you have to understand, folks, is that the music and entertainment industry is completely controlled. And it is a gigantic tool in the toolbox of the controllers. Now, who are the controllers? The the, uh, Illuminati, uh, whatever label you want to give them. It's the shadow government. It's the deep state, okay? And if you don't think that these entities exist, then I don't know what to tell you because it should be very, very apparent, especially over the last three years, going back to the March 2020 event, that that was a highly coordinated worldwide event where everybody was reading from the same script.
0: This episode will continue next week right here at Russo'sBrand.com.